Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash savagepremium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who is at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Okay, we're picking up with Jack Pisebeck about Antifa with his new book, The Antifa Stories from Inside the Black Block. This is part two of the uh, interview. And we're, uh, we're going to play the first piece from the last interview to bring people up to speed about the background going all the way back to the Weimar Republic. Why do you call it the Antifa when we are told that um, Antifa doesn't even exist as a group? What are they, Jack? I appreciate that you mentioned that, that I did act, very deliberately add the article the in front of Antifa. And that was that was me 100%. And actually, you're the very first person that's even asked me about this, even even at foot signings. I've, I've signed this all over the country. No one's ever asked me why. Did well, I Jack, you know, after, in front of it? after a certain number of books, you sort of look at words very carefully. Yes. Yeah, precisely. No, I mean, uh, titles are important. And um, I actually disagree with Shakespeare on that, you know, rose by any other any other name. I, I don't know. I think I think names are very important because names give power. And so when I when I named it the Antifa, it, to your point, it, it was a deliberate response to this question from uh, mainstream media, from Joe Biden as well. Uh, Jerry Nadler, when he was asked about this, uh. claiming that these people do not exist that they are not organized, claiming that there is no hierarchy, claiming that there is no funding source, claiming that there is no history. When I can put, I can point to hundreds of thousands of pages of history, of documents, of government reports going back all the way to Weimar, Germany, with the first rise of the original Antifa um, in, in the 1920s, 1930s by the Communist Party of Germany, which we talk about in the book. So uh, I, I see the Antifa the forward to today. The, uh, you know, I've studied Weimar Germany. I always use it as a fulcrum. And this becomes a very treacherous ground to discuss because it, they say, well, you're taking the other side of the Hitler. Now you're taking the side of the brown shirts. No, I'm not. My whole fear is that we'll have brown shirts rise up and have a Hitler rise up if they keep this up without being checked. That's my real fear. Well, what we explained in the book, and it's, it's very interesting because a lot of people will say that. That's the first thing they'll say. They'll say, wait, I thought Antifa was the communists were against the, the fascists, etc. But that's not true. Uh, that came far, far later uh, on after Molotov-Ribbentrop, after uh, 1941. This is a decade prior. The communists and the fascists worked together to destabilize Weimar Germany. Oh. They worked together many times, and we, we delineate in the book the rise oh. of Ernst Talman, the original founder of Antifa back in the 1920s, who was the German, um, German Communist Party leader, handpicked by Stalin. The guy had actually been one of the... Uh, 
one of the funeral bearers for Lenin at his uh, at his oh funeral in Moscow. So this guy comes in. He was a, he was a, the son of a bartender and one of the few, by the way, actual working class people to make their way into the Communist Party. But of course, he, yeah. was, he was completely directed by Stalin. This was his man in Berlin in these days. And the original group was actually called the Red Front. So the Red Front was the original communist militant group that existed in Weimar, Germany. They were eventually banned. And so he needed to come up with a new name for the communist uh, militants in Germany. And he said, well, we're not um, communists anymore, so we can't use red. So we'll say, okay, we'll say that we're anti-fascists, that we're Antifa. However, you have to go into the nomenclature of the time to understand what he's talking about. Jack, we know that the Democrats are using them as shock troops in the streets. Is there any connection between uh, the Antifa and the Biden administration that you have been able to find? Well, you can certainly see connections at the higher levels. You can see you can see connections at the higher levels. You can see connections in terms of funding, in terms of these individuals, like, for example, uh, Alexander Soros, who's going in and out of the Biden White House yep. on a regular basis. The very same Open Society Foundation and the, the Open Society model, the, the model of Antifa funding, it flows through a decentralized, it's almost like money laundering. It's like tracking the Biden's money from Burisma. You've got to go through company through company on that angle. On this side, you have to go through organization to organization. So the Open Society Foundation is one of the major financial sponsors of something called the Alliance for Global Justice. And the Alliance oh, for Global Justice, in turn, so that's their 501c3, they sponsor over a hundred different projects and they get into uh, defending North Korea, defending Maduro, defending Cuba, the Cuban regime. I mean, they are the far left of the far left, but they're oh a legal uh, organization. So part of this goes to funding and you'll see these at every single Antifa black bloc, the ones that I've attended, the ones that I've infiltrated, these quote unquote legal observers. Uh, you can also see the Southern Poverty Law Center just oh. had one of their lawyers arrested for taking part in an Antifa attack against a police facility just outside of Atlanta. We actually called them Treehouse Antifa. Well, what happened to him? Segment. Was he was he released immediately? He's been he's been arrested, charged and indicted in, in Atlanta by a federal uh, indictment or a state at indictment at the state level. Yeah, well, I guarantee you that I don't guarantee anything. I, I would I would highly suspect that he'll be serving any jail time. It, it, it does seem potentially unlikely. However, because the state of Georgia um, and at the federal level, we do not have a domestic terrorism statute. So the FBI cannot charge anyone with domestic terrorism or the Department of Justice. But in Georgia, they do have a domestic terrorism statute, which, of course, actually Klan. originated with the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> I figured that uh, so, one so Georgia, Alabama, a lot of these southern states have these statutes that have been on the books since Reconstruction, and they directly apply to Antifa. So that is what he is charged with. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Let me read the table of contents for the listeners, Jack. The Rise, the True Believers, the Manifesto, Whitewashing Antifa, Deplorable. The Black Bloc, Anarchist Assassin, Weimar Antifa, The State Religion, Red Ulrich, The Children of Mao. Oh, boy, that, one, that chills me, The Children of Mao, The 60s, 
guiding lights, the Rehova Revolution, Campus Ground Zero, Woke Inc. and Other Useful Idiots, the Boogaloo Boys from Chaz to Lincoln, Domestic Terrorist Outlook Assessment. It's a chilling book, and we can talk about it endlessly. The children of Mao worry me because I've studied Mao extensively, and I've interviewed a wonderful woman who lived through the Maoist brain in, I have her book over there, it's like 500 pages of what her family lived through. And her father was even a, a leading communist. They were an elite communist of Chinese family. And then eventually they turned on him and destroyed him and killed him. She was exiled. And people don't know how these revolutions work. They don't know what the left does to their own people when they're not considered pure enough. Eventually the guillotine gets thirsty for more blood when they are no longer any anti-revolutionaries heads to cut off, they start cutting each other's heads off. It's happened in every communist revolution I've studied. Castro killed his own fighters after he got absolute power. He started to think they were not communist enough, and they weren't. They didn't want a communist. And a lot of them didn't want a communist revolution in Cuba, according to my reading of it. They didn't know he was a communist. He said he wasn't. They said he was just an anti-fascist at the time. Where do we begin here? What about this Maoist thing? On, How's on that line of children of Mao, so... Uh, I spent two years living uh, and working in China. Oh, um, I speak flu. I speak fluent Mandarin Chinese. I've oh, I got to go to a Chinese restaurant China. with you. I want the good Let's food. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, we'll get all the best food. Yeah, once, once, uh, and and they they charge you a little differently too when, when they realize <laughs> that you speak the lingo. You know, so in San Francisco's the, uh, Chinatown, you still prices. in San Francisco's Chinatown, you still see some posters of Mao in the back of some stores, Jack. I believe you, it. I believe it. So what happened in China? What were you doing there? So in China, I originally went, um, I was about 21 years old and I was still in college. I was working as, or I was doing a study abroad um, for my last semester of college. And at the time I was learning Mandarin, learning about Chinese history, Chinese political history, went over to the American Chamber of Commerce and was well, eventually got you know sort of the you know entry level job there working with U.S. businesses that were attempting to do business in China. So actually selling products from the U.S. and some products that people know inside China. But at the same time, uh, what I was doing really was learning how the Chinese Communist Party operates. But who sent you and there? And what I eventually found, who I, sent? I I did. Uh, God, maybe I don't know. You just went on your <laughs> own was, volition uh, with your own money. Went, that's right. Oh, my parents helped. My parents helped. But this was um, uh, I eventually I originally started with a State Department trip for about two weeks in the summer of 2006. And I became so interested in the rise of China because I viewed and still do view the rise of China in the world system as an existential threat to the United States and to the United States is standing in the world. And I felt driven to do that as a college student. And then eventually, as I kept going, Chong, I've read her book, uh, Mao, which is absolutely fantastic. She was uh, on my show. Read that book. She's an older lady. I saw my show a year ago from London, but she's the one I was talking about who lived through this. And when I read about the destruction of the art, the yeah. destruction of the whole middle class, including these um, food dogs, I'm, a, I'm an art collector. You know, you could see a lot in a, in a society by its art. And, uh, you know, those food dogs that is that the way called the, the crazy dogs on the top of the roofs, the scary yeah, looking. Yeah, the people had them on their houses and then they were declared bourgeoisie and they had to destroy them. So the people were hiding these great pieces of art 
in jars and burying them on the ground. And um, that to me was an example of what's happening in America. They're destroying our culture on every level. At times, even in uh, the communist revolution and then later in the cultural revolution, which took place after the communist revolution. This is what people don't understand. There were two revolutions, one revolution just to take over China, uh, fight the nationalists, and then work, you know, essentially World War II happens. Then Mao takes over in 1949, so four years after the end of the war. Then there's another revolution that Mao launches against his former comrades, um, de- deciding that they're not loyal enough. Uh. And what does he do? He goes to the youth and he gives a series of massive speeches from, of course, the top of the Tiananmen Gate in Tiananmen Square, gathers the youth together and then sends him out as the Red Guards. Oh, of cool. course, those ubiquitous little red books of Mao. Oh, they yeah. would, and, and if you were approached by a Red Guard, whether it be, and you, you see this today, you see this today out in the streets. We saw it throughout 2020. I'm here in Washington, D.C., that... Uh, if you could not finish a quote from Chairman Mao in the book, right, they would they would start a quote and they would challenge you. You must, refer, you know, uh, today we would say black lives and you better say matter. Right. Oh you my. better respond. You well, better be, respond be with the right up. incantation. Say his name, George Floyd, Bianca Taylor, one of these other incantations, <laughs> say their name. You know, you must respond. It's the exact same type of purity test that you saw the same tactics with the Red Guards of Chairman Mao in the 1960s. So they're destroying Chinese culture. They are at one point uh, digging up the old emperors and digging up the old lords and the bourgeoisie from, they would go into cemeteries and dig them up to humiliate and flog the bodies. They're oh, dead come on. They were, they were flogging, cor- they were flogging yes. decaying corpses. Right. And this and you but we see this today. We see the exact same thing today where statues of our founding fathers are being taken down, where statues of people who have been dead for uh, over 100 years, 150 years are being taken down across the country Mm. because it is not enough for them to have political power. They must have cultural and spiritual power, not only of the current moment, but of our past history. And this is where you see projects like 1619. This is where you see these false histories coming out of the United States saying the United States was founded on the, the genocide of natives and the and the institution of slavery and nothing ever happened before then. Christopher Columbus was a, a genocidal maniac. That was what drove him, not Christianity, not you know, spreading uh spreading the crown of of Spain. No, no, no. It was it was hatred and evil, and it has always been thus until now. This is what happens when revolutionary movements take over a country, and that's exactly what we saw in 2020. And my my thesis to you to kind of tie the two parts together yeah. is that we are going to see these very same forces re-inflamed for 2024. You've said an awful lot, and it's very chilling to me because it's been my worst fear ever since occasional cortex came along. You may know her as uh, Alexandria uh, whatever her name is. I call her occasional cortex because her brain functions quite well sometime in hating America. And she's the greatest con woman I've ever seen in my life. Grew up in a middle-class home. Father was an architect. That's typical communist. And pretend she's down with the people. And of course, she's a student of the worst man in American political history, Bernie Sanders, who I have such contempt for. I have no words for it. He has poisoned the minds of occasional cortex and millions of other young with a lie called 
democratic socialism, when we know there's no such thing, that was the big lie. We all know that socialism, Mao himself said it. I was looking for the little red book, which I've kept next to me for years. I don't know what I did with it in this studio of mine, where he says socialism is the first step towards communism. And we must first push socialism, but then, then we in- introduce communism. Mao himself wrote that, didn't he? I mean, you're the expert on this. That's right. And, and Mao was very clear. Mao was very, very clear about his goals here, that first you institute socialism, then you rile up the people, then you go forward. And this, this goes back actually to an issue of what you're talking about that Lenin was faced with during the original revolution, because he kept saying, why isn't it that the working class has yet to actually rise up against their, their chains and rise up against the leaders? Why won't these workers unite and overthrow the government? And so, because, and, and Eric Hoffer, which we talk about the great longshoreman, the true believer, the true believer, the true believers, he explains this and he says the working class is too busy working. The working class <laughs> has jobs. The working class is out there uh, providing for their families. They're not paying attention to these types of things and they don't go in for these mass movements. And yet he becomes the great understander of mass movements. And I highly recommend that book to everyone because he explains this, this famous quote of his that every, not every mass movement requires a God, but every mass movement requires a devil. A requires devil. a great evil an it enemy requires an enemy to be hated of course the two minutes hate from 1984 bernie sanders that was bernie's enemy that he became a millionaire then then became the trillionaire after he became a millionaire and then so what so what lenin realized was that it wasn't working so he this, he then decides that we we have to form some kind of leadership of the working class, a, a leading front, maybe we could call it a vanguard of sorts, a vanguard of the proletariat, which of course is typically made up of upper middle class, the, the scions, the children of aristocrats. And you see the same thing. Chairman Mao's father was a very wealthy farmer and landover. Huh? Um, you see the same thing with Lenin. You see the same thing with every one of them. Um, there, there are a few exceptions to this. Stalin, for example, was a, uh, was a thug, was a criminal. Uh, yeah, he was actually Georgia, a gangster. Ernst, he was, a, he was a gangster. He That's was right. a gangster. That's right. He was an actual gangster. He was a mafioso. Um, he becomes a, an even greater mafioso. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. You found that Antifa is linked to foreign communist militias. Which groups is Antifa involved with? Well, so we mentioned that Syria comes up in the book and Syria, the the training between and I've actually pulled this article from the Department of Justice so that everyone can see this, because I get every time I bring this up, people say I've never heard this before. No one has ever talked about this. How could you possibly be making these claims? It sounds like a conspiracy theory. When I pointed out that there are members of Antifa who traveled to Syria to actually attain training and combat experience wow. with communist militias operating in northern Syria. This is a oh subset. So there is a subset of the Kurdish fighters, and, and people know the story of the Kurds trying to fight for this. They, they're looking for an ethnic homeland sort of in that border region between Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. There is a subset of them known as the PKK. 
Yes. Every time I bring this up, I get accused of spreading, uh, you know, Turkish propaganda and I'm being an Erdogan shill, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know what? Unfortunately, it's true. There are communist militias that do target innocent civilians in Turkey and are fighting in uh, northern Syria. So the communists of the United States and all across Europe and there, I have leaked DHS reports on this. I have uh, the Syrian conflict and its nexus to U.S.-based anti-fascist movements, the Department of Homeland Security, June 24th, 2020, talking about these people who go over to this area. They're no it's known as Rojava, the Rojava movement, and receive training from Kurdish groups associated with the PKK. Here now, I'd like to read for you an indictment of a Florida man, a man out of Florida, who was going to attack the Florida Capitol on Inauguration Day in 2021. Now, of course, this happens in the wake of January 6th, so nobody remembers it. The media hasn't talked about it at all. The same individual, Daniel Allen Baker. Daniel Allen Baker took part where? In Chaz in Seattle in 2020. In Seattle in 2020, he was one of the armed guards that I and my brother had to slip past when we were infiltrating that in Seattle. And there's a whole chapter on this in the book. He later then goes down. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You actually infiltrated Antifa. Did you pretend you were joining them? Is that how you did it? Well, with with Chaz, uh, there were so many people there in Seattle that uh, they didn't have a good control over who was going in and out. So if you dressed like them, if you talked like them, if you and we watched the live streams and videos of Chaz for about an entire week before we flew out there, we made sure to then go in. And of course, this is in 2020. So what was ubiquitous in 2020 was the wearing of masks. So we always made sure to wear a mask when we went in there. And basically, yes, acted as if we were members of Antifa, that we were part of the revolution. And we spent about a week, day and night living inside Chaz, meeting with them, going up and actually uh, interacting with this warlord Raz who was there. And it turns out that the people who were manning these, you know, the parapets, right, these makeshift perimeters <laughs> that they had set up and, and, and then were going around extorting all the businesses for protection money inside there's lawsuits right now going against the city of seattle for this because they were operating like a local mafia operating like a local militia the same way we've seen anywhere in, in the world when you have a yeah. complete and, and and in syria where they would show up with their guns and then one person would go in and say we need to protect you from the uh, the white supremacists and the Ku Klux Klan. We've heard they're coming. They're going to attack us. So you need to pay us protection money because the police, as we know, Mayor Jenny Durkin, former Mayor Jenny Durkin, had ordered the police to leave. And we would see this time and time again, that they were forcing people to pay for protection. Uh, and they became the new essentially armed guards of this area. At one night when we were there, we actually God. witnessed them breaking into a local uh, a car dealership. There's a, you know, a family owned yeah. car dealer kind of end of the end of the street sort of place where they go in. One of the guys starts stealing all the keys so that he can come back later and then take cars one by one from the lot. The son, it turns out of this place, because again, family owned comes out with an AR 15 and apprehends the individual. But of course the police can't come because there's no way for police to get in there. The perimeters are all being, being blocked. And then a mob of armed Antifa shows up with warlord Raz 
coming up guns pulled we can see um uh, raz loaded his his nine millimeter glock right in front of me and of course all the whole time we've got our cameras out we've got our phones not the you know large tv cameras like we're using today but you know acting as if we're locals uh to record all of this and there was an incident where they're they're tearing down the gates they're uh, lighting fires and we almost got they almost got into a shootout with this local car dealership these people they're just trying to run their business they're just trying to protect their goods how did that how did that end how did that end they were actually able to de-escalate the situation and believe it or not the crook the crook runs away uh the thief he runs away and and i i had a uh when i was going through intel training i had a, a former nypd homicide detective was one of my instructors at one point and i was trying to solve this case they gave us a case study and i i had come up with this some super elaborate scheme you know uh moriarty level from you know holmesian kind of scheme and uh, he came to me and said no no they were having an affair and he killed the wife and, and left that's all it is and i and i said well why would he why would he do all that he'll just get caught and he said most people who turn to crime aren't exactly the smartest uh, individuals to begin with and so uh, I remember that because the thief then returns to the scene wearing the outfit of the that he had just stolen from inside the jacket of the dealership with the guy's name on it and then comes up and says, hey, I found this backpack full of keys. Would you like to buy them back? <laughs> Where is that today? Did they dissemble, disassemble that that? area of seattle it was eventually dissembled it was eventually dissembled after a few weeks because unfortunately and we reported as we were leaving that the the level of violence was getting worse the it was escalating at night criminals were criminal gangs and drug gangs were operating in this area but, but did the mayor of seattle get thrown out did something change did they wake she, up she resigned oh she resigned she after after letting the city burn to the ground again so where is seattle today it used to be one of my favorite cities on earth is it coming back or is it still a wreck it's still an absolute wreck. Uh, just this morning, um, and and over at uh, we we run human events and post millennial, and and on the post millennial side, um, they uh, just have a story up today about how a woman in a Tesla was just shot in the head while driving in you know, a carjacking, and pregnant woman killed, shot in the head during a carjacking in Seattle just this morning, and we've got the story up there. Oh, and, like and so, so Jack, you know, I'm listening like to you. You're an intelligence officer. You're a brave guy. You wrote this book. And you know much more about it than any of us do. It seems to me that this cancer has spread. It hasn't been uh, controlled at all, has it, or what? what? Where are we? Let me ask a bigger question: Is the I, I, Biden administration? I don't think Republicans are ready for this. I don't think they understand it. I don't think they're ready for what's coming. I don't think they've learned the lessons of 2020. We are going to need, and, and uh, to be fair, Georgia is seem does seem to be leading the way on this. But we are going to need in red states. Uh, civil defense teams that are that are brought up uh they could be under the state police where they're just targeted and trained for these mass disruption events because but they are Jack, going they, they're more immediately more. called white supremacist uh, hate groups by the u.s justice department and they'll be arrested like the january 6 people won't they well, what I'm saying is not civilians. That's why I'm saying it has to be through state government, state police. It has to be an, organ an organized, you, you know, call it riot police, whatever, civil defense, whatever you want to call it. Not volunteers, not militia, but actual police forces in these red states 
What do you mean like state like state police units within state police? Yes. Like in California, if we had Governor Newsom aware of what's going on and he's not stupid, he knows what's going on. Very smart. Uh, man. Uh, by the way, you mean there would be units within the CHP, for example? Yes. I mean, Newsom just put CHP on the streets of San Francisco to stop the drug drug dealing. Well, where's that at? So Newsom, of course, is he's he's uh, he's running, but not running, as they say. He's, he's trying to do everything he can to make every headline. He's for reparations, but then he doesn't do the reparations. He's for policing. But then we'll actually see if he if he does anything about it. I think he's chomping at the bit because he knows and we all know that Joe Biden, who falls down every single week on national TV, he's not making it. And if that's what we see in public, imagine what they're not showing us is going on. Yeah, I don't believe he went in for dental work the other day. They said he disappeared from the scene. Joe Biden did. That's right. For for root canal. It it was more like brain canal. I mean, the guy's on the end at the end of his rope here. He's clearly falling apart. And I think what what you're seeing Gavin Newsom do is he is making every move possible to it. Now, he's not going to go against Biden because it's not about Biden. It's about the people who control Biden. But he is showing that he's there. If you need me, put me in, coach, because I'm ready to play. Oh, that's a whole separate topic. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Jack, before we let you go, I know we could talk and I know you're a busy guy. People tell me I'm depressing. They don't want to hear about stuff that I talk about. Now, your book has got me more worried than I than I was this morning. In fact, in the middle of the night, I woke up laughing. Sometimes I wake up laughing and I said I was going to tweet the following. George Washington discovered to have leaked state secrets while he was president. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what to expect tomorrow. They're, they're, like you said, that they could disinter George Washington's corpse. And and say that he he leaked secrets to the British. I guarantee you, if this revolutionary movement is allowed to continue, uh, if we get to the point where and we saw it, the White House pride flags, uh, trans models going topless, et cetera. What is that about? If 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 this revolutionary movement is allowed to continue, I don't think they'll charge target Washington first. The first one they'll target, of course, is Thomas Jefferson. You will see them uh, stripping and raising Monticello. They'll exhume Jefferson. They'll exhume his family. They'll kick them <laughs> out of there. They'll turn all of Monticello over to some, you know, they'll try to say there's some, uh, uh, you know, racially motivated group that gets in charge of it. I, I think you'll see all of these things. Guarantee it. Can this be stopped? Is You know, l- let me back this up to the, the, the last, last questions now. We know this Justice Department and what they've just into Trump did to Trump. We know how political politicized they are. We know how dangerous they are on the Merrick Garland. Uh, are they aware of Antifa? Are they working with them or against them? I mean, at, at the federal level, there's they will stop Antifa here and there. Uh, the individual that I mentioned that was going to target the Florida Capitol, they did go after him and they pointed out that he had received weapons training and sniper training from the Kurdish militia, from the Kurdish oh communists, God. even and that's an official U.S. government report that he traveled to Syria, received this training and combat experience. And then came, he was actually on Vice News, believe it or not, uh, showing that uh, his sniper capabilities, his prowess. Oh, it's but, that bad. It's gotten that bad. But you do not have a concerted effort, as we talked about before, selective prosecution. You have so many people that are sitting there, and I still talk to individuals every day 
that are still in the intelligence community that are, I had a guy tell me yesterday that you have to understand who these people are in the national security agencies. I had someone tell me yesterday that they were about to receive a briefing, an update on Ukraine, Russia, and just, just a basic update on what's going on. But before they were able to give the briefing, the, the, uh, the, the senior officer said he, he had to put out a trigger warning for the Ukraine Russia update, because he had said, Well, I know that in Washington, D.C., when I give some of these reports, we have intelligence officers that begin crying, that begin sobbing, that, uh, that get so emotionally invested in what's going on that they can't take it. These are the people that are supposed to be keeping us safe. These are the people that are supposed so to be. They put all of these, these weak, these weak links, and now these weaklings have been injected into every aspect of our government. The college girls, I used to call them. Yes. Uh, if you I don't know if you've spent much time at at, at CIA campus in Langley. Never had the pleasure of being interrogated there. No, at, uh, at, at DIA. But it, it is all it's it's Ivy League girls straight oh. from college that are just stomping up and down the hallways. They look like they're dressed to go out. Uh, that's who's running the CIA. It's not Jack Bauer. It is not uh, James Bond. It's not any of these people. It is the college girls from Harvard, the college girls oh from Brown, et cetera, et cetera, Princeton. Those are the ones that are actually running the government, or at least in terms of the national security agencies. And the people you see at the very top, for by and large, are figure holders. Um, they're they're there to play. So that's role. why we're sending weapons to Ukraine without any talk about uh, diplomacy. These college girls have never been punched in the nose, thank God. They don't know what warfare is. They don't know that blood is real. They don't know that people bleed and die. It's not real to them. Well, to them, uh, Putin is a is a very bad man. And they look yes. at every they 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 have, there's no critical thinking. There's no critical thinking. There's no thinking beyond step one. It's it's Putin is bad. Everything is good and evil. Everything is black and white. And we are the good guys and they are the bad. And guys, Zelensky, and so is, a Zelensky, Zelensky is, is a hero. Zelensky is a hero. Yes. Zelensky is a hero who needs a new suit. Zelensky is Churchill. Zelensky is not just a bag man for the Ukrainian oligarchs. OK, Jack, look, <laughs> you're a former Navy intelligence officer. You specialized in the Communist Chinese Party. I didn't even know that. And you're now a senior editor for Human Events. The book is a mind blower. The Antifa stories from inside the black block by Jack. I can hardly pronounce it. I, I have to write it phonetically, Jack. I'm sorry. It's like, you know, <laughs> I, I wrote it phonetically. Pisobic. It's a tough name for me. Well, in uh, so in uh, I always say that in Poland, um, we deliberately keep the words and, and language undecipherable to discourage immigration. <laughs> but uh, Jack, the Pol actually, the Polish pronunciation, uh, just for your for your knowledge, is is uh, Posobiec. Well, see that I would have if someone had said that to me, yeah. the Polish, I would understand because I'm Jewish from New York and I understand Polish. We had Polish friends and neighbors yeah. that I understand, not peace. So big. I mean, who wrote that out for me phonetically? The correct <laughs> way is the way you said it. Jack, you're a wonderful man. You're a hero of mine. I had no idea how accomplished you are, how brave you are. And I have to ask this last question. The Antifa is a very dangerous group. They're functioning as a communist revolutionary, you know, organization in America. They're assassins. That's the real question. Are they assassinating people in this country? We've seen it. We've already seen one where on the streets of Portland, there was a man by the name of Michael Rosenthal who decided to 
walk up to a Trump supporter after one of those uh, Trump truck rallies and that were going on throughout 2020. He walked, wait, lied in wait for him, walked up to him on the street wearing a MAGA hat and shot him in the head. And then he and then he was he fled the city, was given an interview by Vice News out in the woods somewhere. Vice didn't even determine where he was. Uh, he later then fled uh, into Washington state where he was confronted by U.S. Marshals and unfortunately for him died in a shootout. The problem, though, is that was just one guy. They've radicalized cells. They've, they're receiving training from overseas communist groups. That same level of training is being spread throughout the government, throughout the country. Um, the, they have these John Brown fighting clubs, John Brown gun clubs um, going after the Harper's Ferry terrorists back in the 1800s. They are determined to take out anyone who stands against them. And if given the chance, they will do so. Have you been threatened personally? Many times. In writing, how? Uh, in writing, or if, even if even even if you look at the cover of the book, actually, that's uh, that's that's not Photoshop. That's an that's an actual uh, photo from the Lincoln statue of um, the original Lincoln Memorial in Washington D.C. Before the the larger one was built, that was actually the first statue of Abraham Lincoln that was constructed by Frederick Douglass and a commission um, just shortly after Lincoln's assassination, where Antifa was attempting to pull it down. And uh, myself and a few intrepid others decided to stop them. So you're on, you're really on the front lines uh, of this. It seems like a battle for the survival of the nation. Uh, oh, boy, I don't know how to end this other than say, are you at all hopeful that this can be stopped before it reaches a critical mass and can't be stopped? Or worse yet, has Antifa and the Biden administration reached a point of no return in terms of that direction they're going in. Well, I think they have. I mean, you look at you have to look at these in tandem uh, arresting the top opposition fighter figure to the president, right? The leading opposition candidate, something that you would certainly see in a communist country that's going on at the top level. And at the bottom level, they have the fighting in the streets that's going on from groups that are clearly given, uh, if not direct aid, they are given protection. They're given an umbrella by the, the same government that seeks to use their ends. They are the militant wing of the left in America today by going after the very same enemies. And by the way, they don't target the big businesses. They don't target, uh, you know, the big banks or any of these things that they claim to be against. No, they target conservatives. They target Trump supporters. They target MAGA. They target Christians. Uh, and this you will see now. Obviously, the trans movement is getting involved in this. What does that you're have seeing, to do with it? Where does trans movement new wing? You are seeing a new wing of militant transgender activists. Uh, you may even call them Trantifa. Uh, we saw, oh, of course, unfortunately, the uh, mass shooting that was conducted. And they are extremely uh, violent that you've seen them, them out in force at many uh, of these pride rallies. If anyone comes up to protest, you see them out in force for the, the drag shows with a family-friendly drag shows outside. There will be armed members of Antifa defending the drag shows. Oh, my shows. God. And to the point... Wait, wait, wait. I have to back this up. So you're saying Antifa is using the trans radicals to break down the middle class? Is that what it is? Precisely. <sighs> They will destabilize, and of course, they 
in order to destabilize society, you must destabilize every institution. And the oldest institution is of family. our society, the oldest institution on planet Earth is the nuclear family. We have our well, Karl Marx wrote that. Karl Marx wrote that. Years. Karl Marx wrote that the family is the is the center of it all and has to be broken and destroyed because that's what holds the society, the glue, the glue that holds the society together. Again, I want all my listeners to go to Amazon and buy the Antifa by Jack. Say it in Polish. Jack, I, I really admire you enormously. Uh, this is a cherished book for me. And your work is so important. And take care of yourself. That's all I could say. I hope you can come back again in the very near future where we continue our discussion, because this thing about the Trump indictment has just begun. It hasn't at all reached even its infancy of the dam damage it's done to this country. Correct. I think the end. this will only be the first of many indictments to come. Jack, thank you very much for being with us today on this podcast. I appreciate it. God bless, Dr. Savage. And thank you for everything that you've done in your career as well. I'll keep trying. Thanks very much. Bye now. Good luck today. Take care. OK, I'll work on it. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.